Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, so blessed to be bringing the word for you today. We have church camp this weekend, but if you couldn't make it and you're at home with your family watching this, uh, I just really hope and pray that this word blesses you. So uh, if you're at church camp, then you're going to get this message as well on the Saturday afternoon. It's, it's good. So thanks for tuning in. If you're new, uh, it's just awesome to have you with us today. My name is Darren. I am one of the executive pastors here at C3 Victory, and I get the privilege of bringing the word today. So uh, let's do it. We're in a, a series right now called A Kingdom Commission, and it's such an awesome series. Uh, in, in week one, Pastor Nate talked about uh, the, uh, the kingdom purpose. Our kingdom purpose is the posture of our entire lives. And last week, was, we were talking about the different positions that we find ourselves in and how we're, we're here to make disciples. We heard a great message from Pastor Phil and, uh, and some from Pastor Nate as well. And uh, today, this week, we're going to talk about people. So we had posture, position. Today, it's about people and the kingdom purpose that we've been given. When we come to Christ, it has an effect on every single relationship that we have. So uh, I want to read just one scripture for, for, uh, for you today. It's out of uh, Philippians chapter one, just one verse. But uh, check this out. It'll also be on screen. We're in Philippians chapter one. I'm just reading. It's a chunky verse. It's a big verse, but it's verse 27, Philippians 1, 27. And it says this, I'm reading from New Living Translation. It says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Awesome. Why don't we just quickly pray? Let's do it. God, we want to pray that right now you would open our eyes, transform our hearts, and, uh, and enable us and help us, Holy Spirit, to apply what you're going to show us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if you love uh, a good soft drink. I, I just I love a, like a Coke on a, on a hot summer's day. You know, you stick some ice in a glass, pour some, you know, fresh, you know, freshly brewed. Not sure how long it's been, but freshly brewed Coke into that glass. Perfect. And on a hot summer's day, you sit out on the back veranda, you know, while the, the barbecue's going and you're just like, oh, yeah, and the Coke. Amazing. Amazing. I love a good carbonated soft drink. I know it's not super good for you, but like, I kind of feel like th those bubbles, they never stop. If you ever pause to look at a, a soft drink and it, like you open the soft drink, and those bubbles, they just never, ever stop. They just keep going. And like, if you watch it, you know, like a, a watched pot never boils. But if you watch it, they just keep going and going and going. And I kind of feel a little bit like that's what believers are like. We're like we, we have this people of the kingdom are like, like carbonated drinks almost. Stay with me. Because we have this never-ending never kind of stream of stuff that God is doing in us. And it's always kind of bubbling to the surface. There's the life of God is always bubbling up. Jesus said that we were like streams of living water that were flowing into the world around us. And it's kind of like carbonated drinks. And we're kind of always walking around in this life. You know, it's kind of, kind of like these, these things bubbling to the surface. This truth, this revelation, this love, this 
this worship you know, happening in our lives. And because we are in Christ, we have this never ending stream of life that is flowing into us and through us into the world around us. And so how does this King's Commission, this purpose that we have been given, how does this kind of bubble up? How, do we, how does this affect um, not just our posture, not just our position, but then, then all of the relationships with people that we have around us? If you're writing notes, this is your first point. Write this down. Our kingdom, a King's Commission gives us a kingdom filter for all of our relationships. So this is what happens when we... When we come to Christ, God enables us to start seeing things in a different way. We start to see everything differently. We start to see things the way that God sees them. We start to see the world for how the world really is, how the world really functions. We start to see everything a little bit differently. We see God differently, of course, but then, then we start to see ourselves differently. We start to see the people around us with fresh eyes. We see purpose differently. We see money differently. We see everything. Jesus begins to shift our perspective on everything that we can see. And he, he starts to shape how we see things. You ever see that, uh, like those videos on YouTube or circulating on Facebook of those people who are colorblind? I'm actually slightly colorblind. Um, and there's certain colors that I can't see. And when I was a kid, I, you know, drew this, this picture and colored it in with all the wrong colors. You know, like the spots on the cow were green and the grass was brown and the sky was purple and I took that home. And my parents were like, <laughs> we have a problem here, you know. And, uh, but you see these videos of, of these people putting on these glasses and they help colorblind people see color for real. And they call, I don't think they call it like chroma filter or something like that. And they put them on and you've got grown men that are crying because they've never seen red before. They've got grown, you know, grown men crying and, and people just going, what is going on? I've never seen green. I've never seen yellow in, in all its true beauty and form. And this is kind of like what happens when we get saved. Because what happens is we start to see the true beauty and the true value of the people around us. Uh, in verse 27, right at the beginning, we just read it out. It says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ, right? So live as citizens of heaven. Don't, don't think or speak or see people the way that the world does, but think about and see how God sees people because you're not from here anymore. You're a citizen of heaven, right? You've got these cool new glasses and you're starting to see people and see the world and see how things work and see, you know, the value, the true inherent value of every human soul. You're starting to see that now. You're starting to see God for who he is. We see life and the world differently and God enables us to start seeing like, like he sees bit of a side, sidebar here, and that, that is that Jesus uh, gives me a greater purpose than anything else the world could offer us, right? And we, we, we're talking about a kingdom purpose, but that's the, that's the whole thing. That's the ball game. The world offers us, you know, uh, the, these purposes of money and, and power and fame and followers, but Jesus, he gives us a, a, gr a greater purpose than that. And it's quite simple. It's, it's the kingdom, it's the kingdom of God. You want to know what, what your purpose is? It's to build the kingdom with Jesus. 
Uh, and living as, as a citizen of heaven, it means that we, we, we put God first. One of my favorite verses is Matthew 6, verse 33, out of the New Living again. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. And I, I haven't really thought about how this applies to all of our relationships before. It's like seek God, seek the kingdom of God. But how does that apply to your marriage? Or if you're not married, your romantic relationship that you're in or your friendships. And how does this apply to it? Like our parenting and, you know, our friends and our co-workers and colleagues and our neighborhood relations, you know, how does this apply? Because when we don't put God first, when we don't involve God, we don't seek his kingdom, his reign and his rule in our relationships and how we see our relationships, then that's, that's when we get into problems, right? Because we start to make our, our friendships and we start to make our marriages and we start to make everything just all about, well, it's all about me. That's what we do, isn't it? Um, we get all this, we get all self-absorbed and we forget about love and sacrifice and what real love looks like. Um, I remember, um, I remember being like, pretty annoyed with, with, uh, with, with, with my wife, Beck last year. I don't remember what it was about, but I remember being super annoyed and I was like, far out. And a couple of days, I'm still annoyed by this thing. And I'm walking around the house going, what is going on? And, and God just challenged me and God was like, you know, I just felt like I got revealed that I was making the whole thing about how I felt and I was. And I realized how self-absorbed I was being in that exact moment. I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. I've made, I've made this whole thing about me. And that's kind of what we, we lean into and what we do is we make, we make stuff all about ourselves as opposed to seeking God and asking God, how do I move forward in this relationship? How do I bridge uh, this, this relationship? How do I forgive that person? How do I get your wisdom on this? And what we want is we want God at the center of our lives and the center of our relationships and that's when they're going to flourish and we need to live as citizens as of heaven and look at our relationships and our friendships through through that lens also we need to um what i've realized is that our kingdom purpose defines just simply how we relate to people just simply how you relate to the to the person who's standing in front of you and the value at which you treat that person with, whether it's at the checkout or at the restaurant or it's your son or your daughter or your spouse, your parents, how you treat the person in front of you. Uh, our kingdom purpose defines how we treat people, the, the value, because we kind of realize that God, God loves them. Jesus Christ died for that person who's in front of me. And that shifts how I, uh, I see people and that shifts how I treat people and value people. Uh, it kind of changes the way that we, that, we, that we use tone and the content that we speak with. Our tone is, is, is one of warmth and, and love. The actions that we, that we do into people, they, they're transformed by this kingdom purpose. So all of our relationships, when, when we realize that God has been incredibly generous with us, he's been incredibly loving, he's been incredibly kind to us. I'm always trying to teach my kids how to be kind, how to be generous. Um, so the kingdom, uh, uh, the, my kingdom purpose is like a filter 
that I start to see everything differently through. And it changes how I interact with every single person who's in front of me, right? Secondly, a King's Commission helps us as a church family, all right? And it helps us write this down, be together as one. You probably heard that before uh, because that's, uh, that's, been our vi- that's our vision right now, together as one. But this, it's so much bigger than just um, a, a poster and a church vision. And uh, this is a really, really powerful kingdom principle. And Paul says it here in this verse that we read earlier. He says uh, in, in one, Philippians 1, verse 27, he says, Then when I, whether I come and see you again or just hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news, right? And like, I, I love this idea because we are not just a, 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 a random group of people who've been thrown together in a building and now we're just worshiping Jesus and, and, and listening to a message. It's, it's way more than that. And it's, it's even more than us being a spiritual family together. It's more than doing life together. And Paul's talking about this thing called oneness. He's talking about us being together as one together for more, together as one, right? And there's this oneness of our lives as we are knit together as a, uh, in a covenant community of faith, right? I love this, together. And that's why, that's why there's like sometimes there's a little bit of friction, maybe like in your marriage, because you're working on your togetherness. You're working on your oneness. That's why sometimes there's some friction with some people at church maybe. And it's a bit awkward. It's like, oh, this thing happened. This thing went down. That's all right. We're learning what this togetherness looks like. We're learning what this oneness looks like. We're being guided by the Spirit into this place where our hearts and our lives are being knit together like a fabric because we're together as one for more, right? And that's why there's a bit of friction sometimes because, well, Oneness is the goal. Togetherness is like, it's a goal, right? And that means that we got to lay some stuff down. And, you know, maybe my opinion on it might need to lay that down for the sake of togetherness, for the sake of unity. Maybe my perspective, you know, it might be a little bit off. I might need to submit my gifts and my dream for the church dream because I know God's going to unlock me in this place, right? But that's uncomfortable. We don't like it when it's, you know, when I have to do that. Don't like it when it's not all about me right? My thoughts, my opinions. It's hard to submit. It's hard to surrender all the time. Like it's, it's work to become one. It's not like the easiest thing in the world. It is work. We need to work on forgiveness, work on love, work on generosity, work on our kindness, work on surrender and mutual sub- submission, right? Let everyone submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, right? That's in Ephesians, I'm sure, right? And so like even our vision, it wasn't just about two campuses coming together in the same building. It was about oneness. It was about our hearts. It was about us being together as one, as one people, as one body in our focus, in our future. There's like an, this is like an ongoing goal, an ongoing mission, right? There's oneness, togetherness. And what it means is that there's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, right? There's heaps of stuff going on behind the scenes, like underneath these words, underneath this word, you know, and it just says, you know, with standing together with one spirit and one purpose, there's a lot going on behind that, right? 
There's so much is happening. There's heaps of stuff. And I'm not just talking about volunteer and kingdom work. I'm just talking about, well, there's all this friendship stuff and there's dinner parties and there's, you know, kids getting, you know, dedicated and the poolside hangs and the birthday parties and after church social gatherings and the one-on-one coffees and all the, all the, the conversations, the tough conversations that, 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 that I had and the stuff that we do, it sharpens each other, the, the extra mile, the meals that are made. There's so much behind this standing together in one heart, one purpose, one spirit. What it, what it means is we're really learning how to love well. We're learning in this new kind of COVID safe world. Well, we're learning to engage with people on a regular basis again. We're learning how to love. We're learning how to be inclusive. We're learning how to invite people back to our homes again. It's a powerful thing. It means that we're actually committing to engagement with our community, engagement with our church community. We're committing to friendship. We're committing to deep community with others. And that means unity and togetherness is high on the priority list. I love that Paul says uh, that we're standing together because it's not like we're just standing. We're not just kind of standing firm. He says, no, 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 you're standing together. You're with one another. You know, we're learning how to be together. We're learning how to be good friends. We're learning how to be generous, how to be kind. And um, I was thinking about church camp as well and, and some of the social stuff that we do together. And I was thinking about the social stuff that we do. It's, 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 never, just, it's never just social. When, it's, when it's, it's kind of kingdom social, it's a, bit, it's a bit more than social. It's a lot more than social. You know, like the, the weddings, the, the baby showers, the 50th birthday parties, the kids hanging out after church together, the, the hangs in the park, or if you're over 65 and, and one, you know, once a month you go to West's after church, it's never just social. It's always more than just social. It's always deeper than that because of this super powerful undergirding agreement that we make and we keep making. And it's this, it's super simple. It's just that we agree that, well, Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're together and we're building the church and we're advancing the kingdom with God. And it's so much like this, this head nod. It's like this, yep, you can see someone from church far in the distance at the shopping center and you go in different ways, but you go, hey, and you know, and they know, that you, there's an agreement in your spirit. There's an agreement in your heart together. It's powerful. I love the purpose in this verse here. It's not just together and it's not even just for oneness sake as well. It's not just so that we could be one. It's for the kingdom. It's for the kingdom. We're standing together with one spirit and one purpose. He says, fighting together, fighting I love the language that's used here, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news, which is the gospel. You can't fight together if you're fighting one another. So we put down our defensiveness. We learn how to forgive and how to love. We we, we put down our need to be right, our need for our opinion to be always heard. And we come together under this oneness of spirit, under Christ. I mean, Jesus even prayed, one of his final prayers before he went to the cross. He prayed that you and I would be one as he and the Father are one. 
and uh, the amplified version says uh, striving as one as if in combat striving the church is striving as one as if in combat and I love that there's this there's this mission and this purpose that we have together and it it undergirds and it supports it's foundational to this covenant community that, that, that you and I are in and that there are, that we have battles to win we have victories to win together and it's all strengthened and supported by by this this knowledge that you and I are doing community and Jesus is Lord and we're building the church together all right, lastly, number three, write this down. It's a bit of a weird one, sorry. I'm always fishing and I'm always farming. All right, write that down. Verse 27, right at the end, he says, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Like inside the church, we, we, are, we are friends with purpose. And outside the church, we make friends on purpose. Like in all of our walks of life, at home, our neighbors, work, study, friends and family, we always want to be fishing, always want to be farming. What the heck does that mean? All right. Uh, well, Jesus talked about uh, to his disciples who were actual fishermen, like people who went and fished every day. They were actual fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, right? And later on, Jesus told uh, a bunch of parables. And, and some of those had this analogy of sowing seed and harvesting seed. And, and then Paul, in, uh, sorry, in Acts, they talked about, you know, Apollos, watered, uh, Apollos planted the seed and, and, and God watered it. You know, uh, Paul watered it and God made it grow, right? And so there's this sense at which we are always planting, watering, harvesting with God. We're always fishing. We're always looking for people who are ready to accept Christ, who are ready to, to come to Jesus and be born again. Now, I am a terrible fisherman, a, a horrendous fisherman, and I'm almost as bad of a gardener as, as that as well. But in life, it's a little bit different, right? In life, we can all be looking to help somebody to come to Christ. You can always be looking and looking to see for an, an opportunity to, to share the gospel, to share God's love, to, to share about your own journey of faith. I mean, don't, don't hear me say, though, that we just, we just make friends to get them saved because that's not friendship and that's not kingdom and that's not love, right? We love people. Yes, absolutely. Love people. Love people really, really well. Love people, full stop, right? Not with any conditions, not with any, you know, uh, strings attached. Yes, love with boundaries. But we love, uh, love is like the foundation of this kingdom purpose to make disciples, right? And so the king has given me and you a commission to go into the world and make disciples. Our commission isn't to go into the world and make anything else. It's not go into the world and make money, go into the world and make a great marriage or a great family. It's not go into the world and make a great name for yourself or make a great retirement plan or make a great share portfolio. All those things are awesome. All those things are great, but they're all secondary. Back to Matthew 6, where kingdom first, seek first 
the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. But what we want is we also, we, we want great genuine friendships and relationships at the same time, right? Uh, the, other, the other day, uh, Beck walks into our bedroom and I'm watching something on the bed and, and she sits down and she's got this funny look on her face and I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. And she says, so, mm, um, I've got to go out, but there's a funnel web spider on the front lawn. And I'm like, hmm, okay, <laughs> great. And she goes, so I need you to do, deal with that. If you could just deal with that, that'd be super good. And I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, uh, I'm almost hyperventilating at this point. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I know, I know what to do. I'm gonna go over the road to Jim because Jim will know what to do, right? So I go over the road and I talk, talk to Jim about it. And he's like, yeah, no worries, I've got, I've got it. So Jim comes out of his garage armed to the teeth with this blowtorch and this lighter. And he's got this massive blowtorch in his hand. And he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you can't burn my house down. Anyway, we went across the road and uh, turns out the spider was dead. I just didn't bother to check it out because I was mildly freaking out a little bit. But he goes, he, he goes over and he's poking it and prodding it and he goes, it's dead, don't worry, it's dead. And I'm like, torture it anyway. And he's like, yeah, let's torture. So it turns out that when you, uh, when you torch, when you blow torch, a funnel web, it pops. It's really satisfying. Anyway. But I was thinking about, these are the kind of relationships that we want in our lives. We want to have great friendships with, with the neighbors and with people down the road. We want great friendships with those at work. We want to do great relationships with our family without the, the, the insane levels of politics that can happen in families, right? We want, we want to do really great uh, lives and, and friendships. We want to be able to go next door and borrow a cup of sugar like you used to be able to or for them to help you out with a big scary, you know, spider or to talk about the stuff that's going on in your life. You want your friends to be able to share life with you. We want good friends, good neighbors, good relationships, but way, way, way more than that. We want to bring Christ. Way more than all of those things, we want to look to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus loves them so much, that he died for them, to forgive them so they can have relationship with God and an eternity in heaven. That's the gospel. Jesus died on the cross and the third day was raised so that they could have relationship and forgiveness and freedom. And we want to share this because, not because it's just our, our duty or our calling or what's on us as our responsibility, absolutely, and it's all of those, but because Jesus is at the center of our lives. He's at the center of it all. And that's where I want to land today, right back at the start. We talked about living as citizens of heaven, living with Christ at the center, at the center of who we are. And that means that we love well and we love deeply with God because people need real love. They need real community and they need a real God who meets with them loves them. They need Jesus. 
We need Jesus. And maybe, maybe you need Jesus right now. Maybe you need Jesus today. Maybe you're not actually walking in relationship with God. And maybe this is the first time that you've ever heard of, of all this stuff and you stumbled upon this video on YouTube and you're like, what is this? Or somebody sent you a link and you're, you're watching this and you're like, I, 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 need, I need Jesus in my life. And God loves you and he wants to have relationship with you. And Jesus died for you to pay for the sin that you have committed. And we commit sin and we, we commit wrong and we, we, we commit it against God and against each other. And Jesus died to forgive that sin and to restore you to relationship with God. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. And I just want to invite you, if that's you, and you're like, maybe there's some butterflies going in you right now, and you're like, I need to commit my life. I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to start a relationship with Jesus today. If that's you, uh, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. And I come to you and ask you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the son of God. Come and be my savior and my Lord. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you every day of my life. In Jesus name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we'd just really love to get in contact with you and send you a Bible and help you get started in your walk with God. And, um, but I, I want to pray for, for you if you are realizing that you need God uh, and this kingdom commission, this kingdom purpose that God has given to us to undergird all of your relationships. Why don't we pray right now as well? Can we do that? Cool. God, we thank you that you've given us purpose. You've given us life. You've called us to be your witnesses, your ambassadors. And we want to pray. I want to, I want to pray for every person listening today and watching today that they, that we would all have this under, undergirding purpose of the kingdom of God in every one of our relationships from home to work, to friendships, to extended family, to work colleagues everywhere. God, that you would help us to look for opportunities to bring love, to bring life, to bring Jesus. And would you help us to work with our church family, our, our, our community of faith, to, to love one another well and to uh, establish such a strong community, God, that we can invite and bring people into. In your mighty name, we pray, God. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. We'd love to see you. Uh, register for our service if you're in Newcastle, and uh, we'd love to see you at church. But uh, God bless. Be in touch soon. See you.